In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Ben Jabawi about how to use pop-ups to convert traffic and reduce card abandonment. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 61. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pileski, and I'm here today with Ben Jabawi. Ben is the founder of Privy, a website conversion platform for small and mid-sized e-commerce businesses. Privy is used by over 300,000 e-commerce businesses to help them convert site traffic and reduce card abandonment. I invited Ben on the show today to chat a bit about how you can use pop-ups to convert more traffic and reduce your card abandonment. Hey, Ben, how are you doing? Hey, Charles. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's not often I have someone else from Boston right down the street. Uh, we're recording over the internet, but you're actually a local, so not very often. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So, wanted to, you guys, so at Privy, you guys do mostly, is it pop-ups, email, or whiz kind of, what do you guys do exactly for card abandonment? Because that's kind of the whole platform, right? Yeah. So, um, historically, everyone uh, in e-commerce really knows us for email capture. So you come to Privy, you easily design and target things like exit intent pop-ups or spin wheels or flyouts that take the site traffic you have, offer an incentive in exchange for an email list subscription, and then we would plug that into MailChimp or Klaviyo or whoever you use. Um, as we've grown within the space, we had a lot of customers that said, hey, we like your support. We like how easy it is to use your product and how tightly integrated it is for e-commerce. Um, so they actually started asking us for email marketing tools specifically. And our first use case around email marketing that's going very well uh, really ties the concept of the data we see on your website and emails together in a way that helps us run cart abandonment emails like no one else can. And I'm happy to kind of walk through that too. Okay, so you're talking about both merging the pop-up, the exit intent type pop-ups, capturing those emails, and then using those after for any sort of marketing, any sort of, you know, like drip sequences, that sort of thing, right? Exactly. And one of the things that we've seen is, you know, for years, a lot of the major email companies offer what they call card abandonment emails. But if you take a closer look, and no one really talks about this, there's kind of like a dirty secret around abandonment. And that's that when you send a checkout abandonment email, the only contacts you can send those to are people that have gotten far enough along in the checkout flow to have included their email in the checkout, right? And that's important. And we've seen that those emails can recover a lot of cards. But that's a very small fraction of the total number of people that are adding products to cart and abandoning, in many cases, before they've added their email on the checkout flow. I see. Okay. So it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of them, you're basically what you're saying is a lot of the other, provider, other providers are getting the email address from the shopping cart. Like, basically, you added it to the cart, you started going through the whole cart thing, but then you lost it. You're trying to go a little more up the workflow, right? Of grabbing them when they're just still browsing or they were browsing, they went to exit and now you said, whoa, we have a coupon type of thing. Come back. So they haven't even tried to check out yet at this point. Yeah, we call that pre-abandonment. 
Pre-thought abandonment. Exactly. So in pre-abandonment, you you know, why wait? If we already can detect that they're trying to leave your site um, and, and you have no idea who they are, that's worth one last ditch effort, whether it's an exit pop-up or something trying to save that visitor. Um, but certainly one of the benefits that we've seen of just using a tool like Privy around your continuous email capture solution is that new visitors will help you convert anywhere from 10 to 20% of visitors to your site. So the Privy system actually tracks those identities so that we can, just like you said, help you send triggered cart abandonment emails to people that are leaving that haven't yet um, included their email in the checkout, but have previously registered for your forms that are powered by Privy. Okay, so it hooks in with other form, forms as well. So you might have, you know, enter your email to download X or to get a coupon or enter your email for something, right? So you're, okay. So then you understand they got the email a month ago, got, you know, the coupon, came back to the site, looked around, bounced, but they had something in their card at that point. They might not have done anything they might have really gone down the funnel, but they're warmer now. Exactly. And what we see is that that concept can help you identify five times more people that are abandoning your cart than traditional abandoned checkout emails. So people are now adopting the ability to send true cart abandonment emails that uh, take advantage of the, the core forms that you use and the people that abandon the checkout all in a single vendor. Okay, that's that's genius. I, I've seen a few of these. Um, that's very interesting. And one of the things that gets me every time, because I've talked to a few different people about this, some of the numbers around that, um, just averages that you've seen, um, even just basic card abandonment. Um, I know there's some like statistics. I'm blown away like every time on like how many people are not doing it and what the numbers are behind that. Do you have kind of the, yeah. some of those... Absolutely. So we, we did a bunch of surveying for our user base. Uh, we have, just in our base, we have um, about 100,000 Shopify stores. Um, and then uh, we're also active on BigCommerce and other platforms too. So it's, it's serious scale. The surveying we did, um, we found that about 70% of merchants identify cart abandonment as one of their top issues. Um, and the averages in terms of like a benchmark that we've seen if you're just using a traditional um, abandonment email solution, like Shopify checkout abandonment emails that are included or MailChimp's, um, a single email can recover 3% or more of carts that go abandoned or checkouts that go abandoned. Um, and what we're seeing is that we can help you recover up to five times more than that. So we regularly see um, 20% uh, recovery rate uh, through cart abandonment emails. Wow, because 3%, when you start actually realizing how many carts are abandoned, the numbers get huge very quickly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's, 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 it's a huge revenue opportunity for merchants. And the, the cool thing about it is we see a lot of success for merchants that the first email they send in a abandonment series actually doesn't even include a coupon. Right? It's not all about offering a discount right away. Maybe the second email a day later might include a coupon or the third day. Um, but we see a lot of merchants that drive a lot of success just kind of 
reminding that customer that they had something in their cart, um, a simple message around, hey, reply if you had any questions about it, uh, or here's our customer service number and a link back to their cart. Even something as simple as that uh, can be incredibly powerful for your business. Do you see any kind of best practice around like what to actually send in those emails or how to even make that decision, right? Because if I'm selling, you know, like designer handbags versus if I'm selling coffee mugs, maybe the coffee mug folks could actually just want the coupon, but the handbags, it might be you want something else. Do you have kind of any rules of thumb of when you're designing those emails, how many to design, when to offer the discount? Like, how would you yeah. kind of benchmark that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would definitely encourage folks to, to take a look at some of the uh, benchmark reports and resources we have on privy.com. Um, but, you know, just real quick, what I would say um, in terms of using uh, Privy for both uh, converting site traffic through things like pop-ups and abandoned cart emails, here's the playbook that I would roll out. I would set up a exit intent pop-up using Privy that targets people that are on the cart or checkout page and leaving before they complete purchase. So that's pretty simple to set up in Privy. Um, and what, what that happens there is if you have even just a small offer for those people, like 5% or 10% off, um, we've seen that that alone can reduce the amount of carts that go abandoned by 10%. And that's pre-abandonment before they actually leave the site. Is How do those work on, not to kind of interrupt you, but now I'm just getting curious, how do those work on mobile um, kind of abandonment? Because how do you know when the person left at that point? Yep. So uh, we use uh, on mobile, we use the back button as opposed to uh, like, imagine you just drove someone to your site from an ad inside of Google uh, or, you know, another social channel kind of keeps them within that app. Um, and then if they're clicking back, it would bring them back to the core app experience. So we look at that as exit intent um, or on mobile, you might also consider uh, time on page or scroll. Um, as exit. And then the other thing we look for as exit intent on mobile is kind of the double click to navigate between tabs. So if you're double, if you go to double click that, that would prompt uh, your exit on mobile. Okay. It's really powerful. Um, so anyways, just to continue there. So that's what I would do with onsite in terms of reducing abandonment. Um, and then I would marry that with an email that goes out one hour after that person has abandoned the cart. And I would not include a coupon in that. It would be just kind of very plain text oriented. Uh, it says like, hey, you know, I'm the founder of, of this site. It looks like you left this product in your cart. Did you have any questions? Um, you know, reply here or here's our phone number. Um, if you have any sort of like refund policy or anything like that, that's a good spot to do it in the one hour email. Um, and then I would set up one more email probably 24 hours later that, again, that'll only go out if that person has not purchased, that does include, uh, you know, call it a five or 10% coupon uh, with a picture of what's in their cart and a, a bold button bringing them right back to their cart. So three emails and they seem very like tight together, right? So well, the per well kind of the, the iron's hot, you're just going for it. Yeah, so, so actually two emails and one cart abandonment pop-up. So one, while they're still on the site, as they're leaving, you're trying to prevent initial abandonment before they've even left. 
and then the initial email one hour later if they haven't purchased, and then a second email 24 hours later. That's like a killer combo that we've seen can instantly reduce abandonment by over 10%. Okay, so get them on that second email and then, but you're doing them very close. So it's, you you know the person is has some intent at that point and just we're going for it. And then if it doesn't work, what happens next? Like, yeah, have you yeah. captured the emails or? Um, yeah, of course. So okay. all of those are in your database, whether you choose to send uh, nurturing campaigns from Privy or elsewhere, that's, you know, up to you. Um, but I think, you know, we would highly recommend you trying to capture that intent early, um, which is why we recommend what I just did. Um, but beyond that, I think, you know, you need to understand your business. And Charles, I think you gave a good example, right? If, it, if you sell a $500 handbag or a $1,000 couch, um, I don't know that a 10% coupon one hour later is going to change their mind. I think what you can probably anticipate is a little bit more education about that couch, about the materials or the, the handbag materials in your follow-up sequences. Um, because sometimes what you find is if you're something transactional with a low average order value, like a coffee mug, um, yes, you try to get them to convert on their first visit right on the site. I think that's very realistic that that can be the case. Um, but for higher ticket, kind of more researched luxury items, you might want to optimize for capturing an email and having a really strong educational email series, where maybe not till the fourth email in that series is there a coupon, um, but the rest are kind of about the product, about the brand, about the story, about the you know installation process, things like that, um, we've found can really move the needle. And it's just like a slight reframe on, on how you think of your site and what you're supposed to be doing with that initial traffic. Yeah, I've even thought of it too with like, um, I buy camera gear, podcasting gear, that sort of thing. And some of those, it's more about, oh, different ways you could use this, different, you know, here are some different features, some education. I kind of see that being something, right? Versus, you know, if I bought a, a t-shirt off, you know, some ad I saw on Instagram, I either bought it or I didn't, but I'm not going back. It's, you know, it happens and it's over. Um, so it's a very different type of work workflow. Versus a new camera, that's something you think about for, you know, days and weeks and months before you pull the trigger. Absolutely. And, and to that example, you know, if you're looking at new podcasting gear, maybe maybe the first email in the series that I send my customer is about setting up the perfect small office podcast studio. Now, what products you need to do that versus, like you said, here's a 10% coupon off of what you just looked at. Do you see people getting down to that kind of granular level of saying, here, like, we know for these SKUs right here, this is podcast audio recording gear. This is, uh, you know, camera, like optics, like different things like that and sending different sequences based on the individual product. Like, are we at that, that level or is it just, hey, here's how to set up a podcast. We just can assume. Like how granular, how far down does it get? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think the industry has swayed a lot, right? So starting at the top of the funnel, we saw uh, a major shift in like how people buy Facebook ads. Um, it started to get really, really granular. And the thinking was, hey, if I'm targeting people that like podcast groups, um, that's a really tight audience. Um, and what we've seen since then is that actually it may make more sense to broadly target Facebook ads um, as opposed to hone in on a specific niche. Um, I think we're seeing that same thing with 
with kind of on-site messaging and email marketing where, you know, relevance really does matter. Um, but for most small merchants that are kind of listening in here that are using Privy, um, over-optimizing is probably not the right place to start. So keeping it broad um, to kind of maybe your one or two most core use cases um, is, is probably best um, because I think the biggest issues small merchants have uh, are less about how personalized their marketing is. It's more about just getting the core basics in place, right? Like when we survey our users, um, still a huge portion of them don't even send abandoned cart emails. They, they just do batch and blast emails, right? So if you go to the, that segment of the, the user base or the ecosystem and say, hey, you need a, a welcome series that's product specific, they sell five products, it's like, whoa, they're never going to get anything live. So I always recommend start simple, start with something that's on brand and kind of differentiates you. But then as you see success in some of those numbers coming in, sure, maybe that's the time to tweak what some of the messaging and the segmentation, but not right away. Well, that, that's the other part of that too, right? Where you, you want to send these and you want to see success. You want to see something happen. And if you start going too much too soon, no one campaign is going to have enough numbers for you to really judge. And it's that like, you realize like the first campaign you run, you're going to get a number. Like it doesn't even matter what number it's just a number. And then you might do a second one. It could be double. It could be half. Like it can be pretty wild at the beginning and just, but you need enough numbers to actually get that moving. And if you try to do five of these at once and you're a small merchant, you might, you could do a test, but it might take six months and then it actually invalidates your test. Right. Because now you're looking at seasonality and, Maybe you ran three different marketing campaigns over the course of that test. So different users came in from different places. So you also can't test for any long amount of time because that's invalid. So you need a lot of data through one campaign very quickly, right? I'm assuming to make that test valid or worth something. Totally. And I think like, you know, let's just focus in on, you know, email capture for the moment. For a new merchant getting started, I would be... I would put a very simple privy campaign in place on their site that says, hey, welcome to the site. First time visitors join our email list and we'll give you a code for 10% off. Super simple, super basic. I would set that in place. It'll work great. And you should do everything in your power to focus on driving more traffic to get the numbers up just to see what it's like to drive traffic to your site. And you know, the email capture and the conversions will fall out of that as a next phase. But yeah, until you know, just just go broad, just drive traffic to your site and make sure you have a simple email capture solution in place. Yeah, that's one of the things you always have folks going like, you know, is this number good? Is this is 5% is in whatever number where it is. But you always realize it doesn't really matter whether it's, you know, I say it's good or someone else tells you it's good. It more matters, is it right for your business? And did you run a second campaign and the first one was five and the next one is 15? Then clearly five was bad. Or five could be the, you know, this five percent conversion rate could be the best number of all time and you just got lucky. But I, you don't know until you get enough data, enough people coming through that funnel to really understand that. Yeah, and I think the time to optimize conversion rates at each step of the funnel is when you have thousands and thousands of visitors. Um, and I think that's a... If you get to that point, and, and you know, any small business that's passionate truly can these days for a low cost, then an increment of you know, one basis point 
on a conversion rate can really move the needle, but not when you have a hundred visitors to your store. Yeah. It's the, when you're starting off testing that, you know, the different shades of blue in the button isn't going to help. Um, just keep, just put the button there. As long as there is a button there and you can click and go to the next page, keep going. Exactly. Yeah. How do you deal with, um, any sort of the spam laws? Is that like a thing? Does that not apply to this? Are they, are you getting them to opt in at the beginning? Like where's that coming in? Totally. Yeah. So we, um, we do, we've captured now a hundred million emails for our merchants. So that was a big milestone for us. As part of that, there's a handful of things that we've built into our uh, core platform that comes standard with every privy account, right? One is invisible captcha, right? So we are constantly looking for bots um, and spammers that are trying to infiltrate your forms. Um, we use Google's invisible captcha for that. Um, the second thing we do around GDPR is um, every privy account uh, comes with a true opt-in field um, that you can turn on um, and really kind of automates the process of becoming GDPR friendly at the point of opt-in. And because uh, you can only send card abandonment emails to people that have opted in to your forms, um, you're guaranteeing that when you do that, it includes the unsubscribe and all the stuff that you would want to be um, both GDPR and spam uh, compliant, and even in Canada, Castle compliant. Um, so that it's always, you know, super easy and the merchant doesn't need to think about that. But that's part of um, the value that we bring to table in the combined solution. Yeah, just coming with that pre-built GDPR, I feel like that's like the the thing, you know, at least 2018, that that was the thing. Now I feel like that got a little quiet. I think a lot of folks have kind of figured that out and they're now, you know, okay with that. And, you know, yeah, not afraid I, Europe's going to come after them. Totally. I think, um, you know, we realized that Merchants have a lot to think about just to get their business off the ground. GDPR shouldn't be one of those. Um, but I think even with everything that happened around GDPR, um, we find we're still doing the most coaching uh, around just how bad it is to look around to buy lists and import those. We won't let you do that. Um, no ESP will let you do that. But um, the best way to, to build a customer list is to drive traffic to your site uh, and have nice looking relevant forms that make it easy to opt in in a compliant manner. Yeah, you still have people buying customer lists and it's 2019 and I've, I've always been surprised in like how that's still a thing. Like, and everyone knows like that doesn't work anymore. Like those, those emails are just, you know, from 2000 and they're all, you know, at AOL email addresses that are long past, but you still hear that, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super infrequent, um, but we do, and I think it's um, it's unfortunate. But you know, there there are really no shortcuts to building a business. So I think those are the types of signals that you know certainly we look for um, that just separate someone who's looking to capitalize on trends or like get rich quick uh, versus those that are truly passionate about what they're trying to offer the world. Um, and nine times out of 10, it's always the, the ones who are passionate about what they're bringing to the table that start writing content, um, that start finding uh, audiences online that are interested to pull into the site. And if, you, if you're doing that, uh, focused on that, it takes time to build a business, um, but that's the healthiest way to build a customer list. 
Well, and when you email them at that point, you build a relationship. They know who you are. It's not just, you know, a random email that's coming to the promotions tab in Gmail or the spam tab. It's actually, you know, it's someone, and I get these emails all, all the time from folks that I recognize their name. I've talked to them. I might've even met them at a conference. So you start to actually build this, an actual relationship. So you read the emails and it's not just something you click through. Um, so that's something that, yeah, like you said, it takes time to do that though. It's not something overnight. You're not just gonna buy a list, spam them. Um, people aren't, you know, robots are just gonna then buy. You need to actually do it. Yeah. What are some things, so let's say you have a merchant that's been around for a while. They do some sort of, um, some sort of this already, but they come onto your platform. Um, any sort of like best practice or surprises you see of, oh, I don't, you know, I don't typically see things you, that people should be doing, but they're not currently doing that are actually already capturing email addresses, but just not to that level. Yeah, definitely. So I would describe phase one is keep it simple. Uh, use one of our templates or design something simple that uses your brand colors, uh, offer new visitors, uh, a small kind of broadly applicable coupon in exchange for joining your, your email list. Um, Phase two is this concept of like the cart saving display, right? So targeted specifically to people who have product in their cart or on the checkout and leaving before completing it, fantastic opportunity. Phase three is what we call a tiered cart saver. Um, and so what that would be is, let's say I knew my average order value was 50 bucks, right? And so when people place orders, that's kind of, what the average is. Um, what you might consider with a tiered cart saver is, hey, if someone has you know fifty to seventy dollars in their cart and they're leaving, show them a last minute offer that's five percent off, right? If they complete it now um, and and join your list. But if someone has like I don't know a hundred, right, two times average order value, you may want to show them a different cart saver that's slightly more aggressive uh, because that order is worth double or three times your average order value. So we've seen just like that, that a little bit more segmentation around how much is someone leaving behind uh, can have a huge impact on uh, moving the needle for your business. Um, and, and that's kind of what I would focus on in terms of like year one of list growth and reducing abandonment. Um, the, the kind of second phase in all of that is, let's say you're humming along, you're growing your list, you're converting 10, 20% of your traffic. Um, everything we've talked about is really focused on the top of the funnel, that first visit or that first purchase. But over time, as you're building this database of people that Privy now recognizes on your site, we've seen what we call no forms, uh, which is you're, you're actually targeting people who you now recognize as they come back to the site after that first form submission or that first purchase. And there's a whole bunch of creative use cases there um, that Privy can unlock for you, right? An example would be if I know that Charles submitted a form, has completed a purchase, and now he's back, um, and maybe this is his third purchase, um, maybe there's just like a little bar at the bottom of the screen that obviously isn't asking for a form but says something like, hey, Charles, don't forget you have X amount of loyalty points, which means you get free shipping on this next order, right? And that level of like persistence and relevance, A, makes me feel good. Um, 
but B, is a nice healthy reminder as I browse the site for that repeat purchase in a way that you know doesn't annoy me and ask for my email again, but recognizes my, my history. So it's kind of, it's interesting uh, repeat or kind of middle of the funnel use cases that are now coming out um, that can add a lot of value uh, when you start really segmenting your, your visitor base. But again, those are kind of level two and three concepts that, um, you know, for most, I wouldn't recommend until they're building, you know, thousands uh, into their list. Yeah, I've been to sites before where it's like the fifth time you've bought from them and they're still asking for email. You're like, don't we know who we are at this point? Like, and we're still, and you still get that pop up, you know, and I'm like, I've gone through this. I, yeah, so you actually, do you, do they have to log in or you just kind of recognize, you kind of cookie the browser and just understand going forward at that point? Yeah, so the moment you install Privy, uh, even if you're just starting your business, we're, we're tracking every visitor, even if they're fully anonymous to Privy. Certainly, as they complete a form uh, from Privy, we track that cookie tied to the email address. We understand that profile, that history. And then certainly, as they complete purchase, we continue to append that profile so that, you know, if they come back uh, three months later, um, and again, they haven't cleared their cookies, and Privy certainly knows that this is Charles. We know his purchase history. We know he came from an Instagram ad um, and that he's roughly in the Boston area. All of that stuff is uh, contained within uh, the Privy cookie on your site. Um, and it's not that you're going to log in and say, hey, I want to hit Charles with a message that only Charles sees. But you know, taking that top down approach of people that you know have spent more than $1,000 with me or have ordered four times and are coming back to the site. That's kind of the approach that we'd recommend. Okay, I've used uh, HubSpot a bunch and they kind of have something similar, right? On on CRM side, but you might, a, a visitor might've been to five, six, 10 pages, whatever it is, and it understands that. But then as soon as they put in the email, then it brings it all together. And now you can actually see, here's the point where they did an email, but here's everything historically they've done as well. So it's not just, it doesn't start from the email point. It starts from that first visit and it's just been, like you said, tracking anonymously, but when they do enter the email, now it actually makes a real record that you can view and you know store. That's exactly right. Yeah, and I think that's one of that's not something we talk about a lot publicly because I think it's just a slightly complex concept for a lot of merchants just starting out. But that's that is really the underlying uh, value of why choosing Privy for both your on-site and your cart abandonment emails puts you in a position where one plus one equals three, as opposed to one plus one equals two. Yeah, well, it's super helpful, right? When you start then looking back at reporting, because now you you have a lot, that point when you got the email, it could be a, it could be a long time in. So they might've been anonymous for the first however long. And you, all that data at that point could just be lost in a lot of things, in a lot of systems, right? So now you're able to do reporting all the way back to the very beginning. And you know how did that user find us? And that's one of the, larger things, right? And how do they even get here day one? Why do they, why do they know about us? Was it SEO? Was it some paid ads? You know, so you know, here's the point of conversion, but here's the point of actual, you know, the first visit and you know, linking that all together. You know, if you can report on that, that's super powerful and just be yeah. able to store that. Yeah. And I think the most important part of it is um, it's easy to do these things. It's hard to pull it off in a way that's super seamless and easy for the merchants who are using the software. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those things you want just the 
drop the cookie on there and it just magic happens and you don't, you don't know how the names get in there. You don't know why they, you know, but you want to be able to click on a name and say they came through this paid marketing funnel. And then you can start attributing that back. And that helps you not just on, not just with this, but with everything, every process of is the marketing working? Is it actually what sales, what were the specific sales that were generated from this marketing uh, funnel that we're running? And that helps you to understand the whole kind of view of the business. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, nice. Um, before I let you run too, do you guys do anything with the, the very end of the chain, right? So after someone bought, after someone has purchased once or twice, kind of that follow-up email of, hey, come back to the site? Or is that something, do you kind of just focus on the site itself? Yeah, so we call that the order follow-up series. Um, and uh, in a couple of weeks here, depending on when this podcast airs, uh, we're actually rolling that out next. Okay. So um, Ruby users will be able to use us for their on-site email capture and conversions, their abandoned cart, and in a couple of weeks, order follow-up series as well, as well as newsletters. Yep. So then you're really able to tie it all together. So now you can go from when's the first time this person discovered us to what's their eighth you know, time they came back, they saw the newsletter for six months, and then they purchased it you know, a second or third time and start to really understand like the value of you know, not just that one purchase, but understand the whole value of that user. Exactly. Very yeah. cool. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, if people want to kind of learn more about you, learn more about Privy, where can they go? Yeah, I would go to Privy.com, P-R-I-V-Y.com. Uh, we have a ton of great resources, educational focus on merchants who are just getting started and are interested in reducing card abandonment or growing their email list. Awesome. I will definitely link to the show notes. Thanks for uh, coming on the show today. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, you too, Charles. Thanks for having me.